this week on the Weekly Wrap. Perth Glory start to slip down the table. Flurry Athena go big in pre-season. And is the APL really delivering on what we were promised? All that and more, this is the Weekly Wrap presented by the Far Post Perth Podcast. Yeah, welcome to the Weekly Wrap, all presented by the Far Post Perth Podcast. Great to have you with us. It's been a, uh, we've had a bit of a layoff. We've had other things going on in our lives, believe it or not. There is more to life than football. wonder if this next man agrees. Uh, first of all, uh, this is being presented, of course, by the A-League Live app. Make sure you check it out. You can check it out at the Apple Store or the Google Play Store. Joining me, albeit remotely tonight, Mr. Tommy Dolman. Good evening, mate. Hey, mate, how's things? Uh, yeah, the remote recording, I think it's something we might have to get used to over the next few weeks, given the circumstances of the world, but let's try and punch on as best we can and, and talk a bit of football. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not the greatest of times at the moment for the Perth Glory. A uh, 2-0 result to Adelaide and another 2-0 result to Sydney. Uh, not the greatest of times and not the homecoming that we're after. Um, no, very, very disappointing. I suppose um, we remember the the Glory's final away game against Melbourne City. It was a two-all draw, and they showed a lot of character in that game to get a result against the team uh, who who are obviously doing doing quite well in the competition and who are at the uh, at the summit as things stand. Uh, they weren't at the time, um, so that gave us that little bit of hope. Um, I suppose going into two home games against um, an Adelaide United team and a Sydney FC who I thought probably on paper were beatable and unfortunately the performances haven't quite been up to scratch, it's fair to say. Um, Where's it all going wrong, Tommy? For me, it's just simply in the final third. I mean, there's chances that are being created and they're decent chances. We saw on the weekend, I think Perth hit the bar twice. Um, uh, Redmayne was having to pull saves out of his you-know-what and just the ball just wouldn't fall at times. Is there just a bit of bad luck happening at the moment? Is it a confidence issue? What can we what can we put it down to? I don't think it's one thing in particular, Blaine. I think when you find yourself at the foot of the table, there's a myriad of things. And um, without wanting to make excuses, it has been a tough season. Um, the, the block of away games has clearly perhaps had a mental, possibly even a physical sort of holdover, maybe a little bit larger than, than what we anticipated in terms of the players coming back home. Um, I know you've referred to it on a previous podcast of how nice it would be for the players to possibly be back in their own beds and and to be with their families. But but emotionally, perhaps that, that maybe have been a little bit more of an adjustment than we perhaps anticipated. Um, and then in terms of the on-the-pitch sort of side of things, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think an element of it is mid- midfield configuration. It's a drum that I've been beating for a little while. I, I still don't think the, the wing backs are, are maybe, um, in terms of that creative outlet, the, the strongest part of the pitch. If we if we are going to to go with that system, um, and obviously, I think from a goal scoring perspective, I think um, it, it, from the outside looking in, it just feels like. Glory a little bit too reliant on Bruno Fornaroli to either take an opportunity or to carve out a half chance. What's uh, I guess what's the solution though, Tommy? Is are we looking at formations? Are we looking at how we approach matches uh, tactically? What what are we what are we looking into if we if we want to delve it a little bit deeper? I, I mean, I'm uh, I'm not a head coach, mm. um, it's, so it's easy for us to all be sort of armchair fans and and sit from the outside looking in. Um, we obviously know that there's been injuries um, throughout the camp all season long, and, and obviously it was um, confirmed at the weekend that Brandon O'Neill's the, the latest person to pick up an injury as well, um, the skipper. So um, that's going to be another significant miss going forward, and it's looking like um, the midfield's going to be pretty stretched now um, and, and pretty inexperienced. Um, all things considered, unless they decide to play somebody like Osama Malik, perhaps, who's a little bit more experienced, even though it may not quite be his best position. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a, there's there's a myriad of things, and and it, it's interesting because if you look at the current state of the league, Gloria nine points now off off a top six spot. Um, granted, they have got three games in hand, so stranger things have happened, but. Yeah, I, either it, it's hard. It, 
uh, uh, probably something to ask you, Blaine. Do, do you think that it's time for radical change or do you think it's a time for thinking, right, this is what we want to do for the rest of the season? We're going to just have to be patient or do you think that the fans, um, you've probably got a better taste of it than I do in terms of the, the shed and, and that sort of side of things. How do you feel that that sort of marks up? I, yeah, I mean, I've been looking at this uh, two ways because as much as I guess that I'm willing and uh, willing to acknowledge how much has actually gone wrong for the glory uh, so far this season and how hard it could be to get back in the, in the into winning ways after such a I guess disrupted season. Um, I, we've also questioned some of the tactics ourselves, Tommy, on here as well, and we've we've got ourselves head, a, a few head scratches a, a few times in in approach into um, I guess guys playing out of position in our minds at least um and so um yeah but i mean you can go back to your point is that neither of us are head coach of the glory we don't know what happens behind closed doors we don't know what's happening with individual circumstances either so it's a hard one to pick but i don't truly i'm not comfortable with I, I guess these people that are just straight up calling for garcia's head i'm not sure that that's fair um because I don't think that Richard Garcia has had a decent no, run at it. I tend, I tend to agree. I think, um, I, I think what Garcia has done with the young players um, prior to being the senior coach at Glory, um, they've clearly got something working where they're well with the players that they are bringing through, and I think to um, to, to sort of throw that planning out over if you take if you take a broader sort of look at things mm. to throw all of that out over a couple of pretty unprecedented seasons in terms of the amount of away games that the glory have had to play I think that would be quite knee jerk and I tend to agree with you I think Garcia uh, Richard Garcia at least deserves a, a normal season um, with a normal preseason um, with minimal interruptions to be able to, to prove what he can do when uh, un, under a normal schedule um, but I think also and it, I know it is difficult to come back to the injuries that we spoke about before but I think fans are wanting to see some sort of incremental progress as, as the season wears on and whether that is um, younger players see more game time. We, we we talk about it all the time with European football, for example, is that when you've got homegrown players and young players, the crowd tends to be a little bit more forgiving. Um, I think what the fans will want to see is if the finals is still... If, if the finals is no longer on the agenda. And, and by the way, they're still... We're only 14 games into the season, mm. barely halfway into the campaign. So there is, in terms of the games and the points, still time to retrieve it. So it's probably a little bit too early with the games in hand to throw it out completely. But I think what the fans will want to see now in the second half of this campaign is some incremental progress and some signs that um, things are moving in the right direction. Um, otherwise... Um, I, I think the pressure will ramp up and, and whether that's fair or unfair is obviously um, TBD. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a very much a uh, results-based business, as we like to say, but I think we need to be very, very careful that we don't get back into this same cycle that Perth Glory is renowned for, and that's this... Coach isn't working, sack the coach, rinse, repeat. Coach isn't working, sack the coach, rinse, repeat. Instead of looking at the processes a little bit more to get a little bit deeper into it and saying, hey, look, maybe the, the processes aren't right. Maybe the clientele is good, but we need the processes to be a little bit more streamlined, whatever it might be. It's the same as looking at a business. We, we, see, we see these kind of aims uh, all the time in business in terms of hitting KPIs and the likes. I mean, you talk about younger players. We have seen younger players come through the ranks, whether that's by pure necessity or whether that's by, uh, you know, opportunity or whatever it might be, we, we have seen four to five, without counting them in, on the top of my head, players come through and really start to look at establishing themselves. We see Brandon O'Neill out this week. It's a real opportunity for someone like a Giordano Colley to come and really, uh, you know, stamp his authority on that, on that midfield position and, and look to next year. Yeah, um, I'd personally like to see um, Josh Rollins um, get more and more minutes as the season wears on as well. Um, and, and I think I think potentially Luke 
um, Bodner may be on his way back shortly as well. Um, so he's a player as well who I think we may see some minutes through as, as the season wears on and he starts getting back to full fitness. Uh, but whilst blooding young players is a good thing, there's also got to be experienced bodies mm. around them still. And there's also still got to be quality for them to play off. And... Um, while she can sort of say that's when we'll see whether young players are, are good enough and, and whether they'll hide or whether they'll step up to the mark, you've also still got to put the structure and you've also still got to put the personnel around them. Otherwise, um, you, you're just throwing players out there and um, in a team that's not particularly doing well in terms of the, the win-loss and draw column, um, you don't want to completely dishearten the players either. So it, it's a tricky balance. Um, but I think, as I said, I think a little bit of clarity, um, whether that be in terms of the messaging, um, in terms of what the what, what the what the what the team are trying to do, because obviously, what the fans just want to see some sort of movement going forward now. I think, and and that's ultimately what it's going to come down to now in these next thirteen game, twelve to thirteen games or so. I think most fans now have sort of um, reconciled with themselves that, that finals are a long way off. And if the club do get there, then it would be a heck of an achievement. Um, but one question I sort of wanted to ask you as well, Blaine, is is do you think that expectations were too high um, for these two home games? There's obviously been this big build-up for a long time mm. where we've had a lot of away games. Um, we've obviously gone through the Christmas period with no matches, the New Year period with no matches, and a lot of fans have been itching to get back into the ground. And um, Do you feel that maybe we... And, and we've been perhaps a little bit guilty of it on this podcast as well. Maybe we've perhaps thought that the team are maybe a little bit better than where they actually are. And as a result, we've come into these home games thinking that all is going to be good, all is going to be right. We're going to be back on the front foot again. We're going to be winning games at home um, when when that may not be the case. Um, no, based I on, think... Based on the fact that the team have only scored 12 goals in 14 games this campaign. We went in against an Adelaide United, which was very, very beatable. Um, we went in against a Sydney, who we've also already beaten away this season. So we know that we'd had it. I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more and I would have liked to have seen a little bit more buzz around the team um, I had a few conversations with it on a few other programs that I'm involved with Tommy and we, we we saw in both virtually both matches against Adelaide and Sydney some domination in that first half in terms of having chances but it was flat. There was some epi- some areas there that I thought flat, especially that Adelaide game where we had uh, three, four, five corners, I think it was, in that first half. There was no movement off the ball. There was no r- running and attacking the, those, those corner balls that were coming in. It was static in the six-yard box. And I would have just liked to have seen a little bit more proactivity, a little bit more energy. I think sometimes we get caught up in sometimes tactics and set plays, especially from set pieces, when sometimes it's as easy as getting big Daryl Lackman to put his head on a ball and get it on target. It's a, sometimes it's as simple as that. And I would have just liked to have seen a little bit more um, energy out of those out of those players, and that was reflected, I think, also with Richard Garcia's comments in both games, is the fact that we're getting these opportunities, but the energy's not always there, the proactivity's not always there to finish them off. So, looking forward to tomorrow night's mm. game against the Central Coast Mariners, 7.05pm um, at HBF Park. Um, that's Western Standard Time, by the way. Um, if any of the fans are listening and, and are heading down or, or are wanting to head down, I'm sure there'll be tickets at the gate um, for tomorrow's clash. Um, what is the number one thing that you are wanting to see um, when you're stood there tomorrow night? What are you wanting to see from minute one in the first whistle? Just energy, pure energy. I want. I want to see him get going from 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 the get go. Um, as I said, we've 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 had a few opportunities, but I, I think, and I guess we can go back to that previous conversation. Is that you don't really mind. You can you can put up with your club being losing matches, 
but when there's silly errors and silly mistakes and I guess a lack of concentration that cause goals, that's when it becomes a little bit frustrating and a little bit unforgivable. And I think we just need full-on focus, full-on energy from from uh, from the get-go tomorrow. That's what I'd like to see anyway. I think most of the fans uh, who listen w- would probably agree. Yeah, and uh, and maybe some sort of like really aggressive press. And mm. It's hard, isn't it? I mean, we'd like to see energy. We'd like to see some sort of pressing, but then you leave yourself open potentially and, and Central Coast could go down the end and open the scoring in five minutes. And and obviously that's what the, co- the coaching staff will know um, what the best way is to attack the game. I've got no doubt about it. We're just sort of spitballing here mm. on, a, um, on, a, on a small sort of local podcast plane. But... Um, but then, but then again, like, um, yeah, I, I think I think you're right. Essentially, that that's ultimately what it comes down to. It comes down to that energy, to that intent, and it comes into. I, I think I think the fans just want to see um, that whatever messaging is being put across for whatever game plan, that the buy-in is is a hundred percent there, and that the energy levels are, are there to match it, and. Do you know what the the glory the glory has still got Bruno Fornaroli up front, who's still one of the the, the, the better strikers of the A League. Um, they've still got a pretty good defence, really. When when you think of the the goals against Column, um, so structurally they are sound. It's not all doom and gloom. Um, I, I have seen some positives as well. I think we were speaking after the Adelaide game, um, Blaine, when we caught up, and I thought when the Ongabire came on, I, I quite liked that he was making aggressive runs in behind the defence and at least trying to stretch um, Adelaide's back four a little bit, maybe try and split a few of those um, spaces between the centre-back and the full-back just to try and throw the back four off. And that may lead to a little bit of extra space for Keo and Fauna Roli. But then you've also get to get the crosses in the area. So, um, look, there's, there's definitely... It, I don't think it's... I don't want to say it's all doom and gloom um, because it has been obviously an unprecedented time for the glory. Um, but I think they're home now. They've been acclimatised now for a couple of weeks. Um, they've had a couple of home games where perhaps the expectations and the pressure may have been on a little bit. And after a couple of um, pretty di- disappointing performances in terms of what we've seen as supporters, um I think this is the time where you sort of come out of that game on the weekend. You go, right, our season starts here now. Mm. We've bedded back in. We've had a couple of injuries. The backs are against the wall. Let's let's start here tomorrow night. Central Coast are a team in eighth place. Um, They're three points above glory at the moment. Um, You know, it's a a way to close. You can close the gap straight away. Um, you can make that margin at the bottom smaller and you may even be... In fact, they will overtake a couple of teams tomorrow as well if they do get the points. So um, that's the first sign of progress and that's the first indicator that you can possibly have um, if you want to try and salvage something out of the season. I thought uh, Pacific uh, Nyongabiri was was pretty good, uh, particularly against Sydney. I thought that was probably his best game, Tommy. Um, he, he did very much similar to what you just suggest that you saw uh, or picked up on a, a against Adelaide, but I thought he was just a little bit more potent um, against Sydney FC. However, he just I wish he'd just uh, swing his boot at one every now and then because he seems to just want to overcook it just that little bit too much. That'll come. Don't get me wrong. He's a very young player still learning the art, but uh, I tell you what, he could cause some uh, some damage and just, yeah. if he's not going to put his boot through one, then whip one across the face. Cause a bit, uh, that high percentage ball that, that you might get a little bit out of. It might fall to someone. A defender might knock it into his own net, um, but he seems to just get cooked up a little bit and, and just really try and overdo it. So I'd, I'd like to see him just back himself a bit and, and just really, whether he's going to put in a cross, if he's going to whip one, you know, drive one low and hard, if he's going to have a shot, just do it and, and do it really purposefully. Um, that's what I'd like to see him, see him do when he does get into those areas. But besides that, I thought, I thought he was encouraging. I thought that was probably his best game against Sydney. Yeah, and... I think I'd like to also see a little bit more of Anthony Burke Gilroy forward again. Mm. I saw a little bit of that earlier in the season. Um, He scored that great goal against Melbourne City from memory. And Josh Rawlins is is a player that I think we'd like to... 
I know Bert Gilroy has been playing predominantly in, in that right fullback role in recent times, but I thought Bert Gilroy was a real positive at the start of the season um, and looked quite lively. I thought he was man of the match in the first game against um, Adelaide United, uh, the first game at HBF Park back in November. Um, and I'd like to maybe... I'd hope to see them possibly revisit that. And you could quite easily bring in Josh Rawlins, I think. He's going to give you that energy that you're speaking about, Blaine, and he's a player that we should be looking to get minutes into, particularly if, um, as we're saying before, there is a bit of an uphill battle um, towards the end of the campaign. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see Josh Rawlins really solidify his spot in the side as well. Where Do you like Josh Rawlins getting up the park? Would you rather him, I guess, a little bit, you know, as that cover for, for a, a wing-back? Where would you like to see Rawlins? Or is he their wing-back? I think he's, I think he's capable of playing wing-back just, just on his energy. Um, is, he, is he better in a... In, in a as a right-sided or a left-sided player in a back four, poss- possibly. I, I don't know. Um, based on... But, but I think he's, he's he's definitely profiles as the right sort of player that can play in that in that right wing-back role, mm. um, I think. Um, especially if you don't want to sort of disrupt that back three that's been working too well. That's... And the back three has worked well. That's we, we do have to we do have to say that. I know we have sort of spoken about some creativity issues and um, and things like that, and, and where we'd perhaps like to see a few players playing differently. Um, but the glory have had have been pretty sound defensively, um, and and obviously Burke Gilroy's played in a, a part of that as well. So so and so who am I to know? Mm. Um, either you know what I mean. It's um, we we kind of have to take a look at. I know that there are creativity issues, and at the end of the day, we we want games to be won. Um, but we've just got to be careful um, to what you said before about throwing everything away completely. Um, yeah, it's a hard, it's a really hard balance, Blaine. It's a really hard balance. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I think, as you say, it's just about attitude, energy, trying to get a little bit of positivity going, trying to get that three points back on the board at home, and then hopefully using it as something to build on after that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just having a bit of a look, whether you do have, a, uh, I guess, a few players to watch out for as far as this Central Coast Mariners side goes. They've obviously got Jason Cummings that's coming in, causing a little bit of disruption uh, for many teams. Uh, and I'll Oliver Bazanich is, uh, yeah, hugely uh, influential player. Uh, Nisbet's uh, good. Orenia's been good. Um, Jacob Farrell can do a job at the back as well and, and get up the park. Liam Miller caused us a few dramas last time we played against them. So they've certainly got a few players. And Nikolai Muller as well has started to cause a bit of drama and come off the bench twice in the last two matches, I think it is, and uh, and put one in the back of the net. So there's a few things we need to worry about. And Central Coast traditionally seem to always just give us that little bit of stick Tommy, so um, we'll have to see how tomorrow plays out. 7.05 at HBF Park. Um, it will be a lower crowd. I'm guaranteeing that. It wasn't a great crowd on the weekend. We'll talk about crowds um, in the next uh, segment a little bit because they have been a little bit disappointing. But if you haven't, if you're listening to this and you haven't got anything on, on your Tuesday evening, get down there and support it. Have yourself a hamburger for dinner and maybe a beer and yeah, get out and enjoy a bit of uh, local football. Uh, Tommy, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll come back out with a second half. We'll chat a little bit of night series, a little bit of the rest of the league and see what's going on as far as the A-League and maybe a few other talking points, including everyone's questions that they got in on Twitter and Facebook. Back soon. Passionate about the A-League as we are, you won't want to miss a second of this season's action. And the easiest, quickest and best way to catch every game from every angle is with the A-League Live app. Simply search A-League Live or Sportsmate in the Apple or Google Play stores. Yeah, welcome back to the Weekly Wrap, presented by the Far Post Perth Podcast in association with the A-League Live at Blank Treadgold. Tommy Dolman with you, taking you through, I guess, uh, a bit of a Monday night breakdown of uh, what's been happening as far as the Perth glory goes. Let's have a bit of a uh, look, Tommy, uh, at the a few of the other fixtures that have been going on. There's been some interesting results. Let's start by going all the way back to uh, Saturday. It was a little bit of a, uh, I guess, a, a leaner weekend as far as some of the fixtures 
across the weekend went. Uh, Brisbane Raw 2, Wellington Phoenix 1. Wellington Phoenix had been one of the form teams until that point. They uh, did manage to go down to Brisbane up there at Morton Daly Stadium. MacArthur, they kind of starting to, I guess, stabilise, if we can say that. They got a win over the Western Sydney Wanderers. Bit of a battle of Sydney's West there. And this one was a beauty. It was Saturday afternoon, 2-2 between Western United and, of course, Melbourne City. Mate, did you happen to catch many of these matches? I'm going to have to defer to you here, Blaine, because uh, I was on uh, (laughs) nice series duties for Football West at the weekend. So I suppose I'll come back to you and ask you what your... your, what, what your highlight of the weekend's action was. Yeah, I was kind of keeping a little bit of an eye on this. I was a little bit, I've got to admit, I was perplexed because there was three matches. In, in, in fact, there was four matches, wasn't there, on the weekend, on that Saturday uh, afternoon. I'm not sure why we couldn't have just had a triple header. No, couldn't do that. They were all overlapping. So you had to sit there and you had to bugger around and go from one to the other to the other, which is, I, I get it. Premier Leagues and that, three o'clock kickoffs, I get it. it it's a stable, uh, you know, a staple time, if you like. But when you've got three games in an afternoon and you've got three different time zones, there's no excuse why that couldn't have been a triple header. And that does my head in. And we'll go on to that a little bit later because it is starting to annoy people that the fact that they can't take all these matches in. And this is coming down to the broadcasting, uh, as, as far as we are aware. There's no real reason for it. So um, I was keeping an eye. Back to your question, though, but after my little rant there. Um, yeah, big win for MacArthur, it, it was. I um, I was kind of flicking between this one and the Western United-Melbourne City match. Majority, majority of the time, I was on the, the Western United matches. They all seemed to overlap. And then, of course, you had the Perth uh, match a little bit later on. But uh, Western United were up 2-0 in that one. And uh, Melbourne City came back to draw 2-2. Um, they'll be kicking themselves, Western United, Tommy? Yeah, they will be. Um, obviously, that was that was the the headline game of the weekend, and as you touched on before, by by all reports and and by the by the goal highlights that I have seen um, online, it looked like um, probably one of the the standout games of the season. Actually, um, Western United, I suppose. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll be kicking themselves, but they're still in a very healthy position. Mm. Um, I mean, they, they've kind of opened up a little bit. I think they're, they're defensively they're they're only um, they're the only team that are better than Glory in terms of the the, the goals against columns. So, um, look, John Aloisi's built a pretty solid foundation there. Um, and, they, and they've shown signs in recent weeks that they're starting to, to back that up with some attacking football as well. Um, but, but I think, as you say, they're, um, they'll be kicking themselves a little bit, but they're, they're level on points with two games on hand. So I don't think they'll be too downbeat, and they're looking pretty good for that top two spot. Mm. Uh, it was a big win, as we suggest. Uh, Brisbane getting over Wellington Phoenix. They'd been the form team, and uh, they're one that impressed me. And one that I don't think it's enough praise in this league, if I'm purely honest, the Wellington Phoenix, because uh, considering all that they're going through, another side like Perth that has been pulled from pillar to post, um, they uh, many think that they just shouldn't be getting the results that they are, but they they seem to just be able to bounce back. They do are falling to the odd uh, poor result like this one. Uh, you can almost guarantee they'll come back with it with a decent win, win or a, uh, a result next week. That's just the way they're playing at the moment under um, Ulfik Tale. So, uh, yeah, been pretty uh, impressed with them at the moment. And, of course, uh, MacArthur, 3-1. Um, I guess Western Sydney, they're, they're probably going to be, I guess, uh, given a little bit of uh, reprieve considering they're in that transition period under Mark Dan, Tommy, what do you think? Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, the middle part of the table is just such a, a, a hot, a hot mess, really. Mm. Um, to be to be honest, um, we, we've sort of alluded to how the Wellington Phoenix were in, in, in decent enough form, and, and and now they're suddenly down in seventh place. Um, we, we sort of spoke in a little bit of not disbelief, but in a bit of surprise that the Adelaide United was sort of third in the league as well for a period. So. Um, and obviously, we've been pretty big fans of the of the Jets this season and how they've gone about it on the pitch, and yet they only find themselves um, three points clear of of, uh, of the glory. So, um, yeah, I think with the games in hand across the board, it has maybe led to a little bit of a false sense of security for a couple of teams. Um, but 
things are starting to tighten, things are starting to catch up a little bit, um, and we may have a little bit of a better idea maybe in, a, in two or three weeks' time mm. where we're at. Uh, let's just go have a little bit of a look through some of these other matches that are happening a little bit later on this week. Adelaide, they're going to host Western United. Adelaide in great form, three um, three wins in their last three matches, and they're at home against the West Sydney Wanderers again. That is Wednesday evening. Uh, we've also got Newcastle Jets to take on Wellington Phoenix. Uh, Newcastle Jets, we had big reps on them earlier in the season. They've started to fall away a little bit. I think we were more just fans of, of the way they went about it. Um, but obviously, you've, you can have the style, but you've still got to have substance and, and get the results. Um, it's an interesting one. Uh, I suppose earlier in the campaign, um, Western United perhaps had had the substance and maybe didn't have the style. I remember the game where they played against Glory, and um, it was a pretty terrible game, but they found a way to get a goal through Wenzel Holes, and, um, and that was pretty much the tail of the tape. So... Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think I like what, what Arthur Pappas is doing. And let's not forget where Newcastle were at the start of the season with, with various um, ownership issues as well. So, 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 so realistically, the fact that they are where they are is probably actually an overachievement when we look at things um, now. Um, and that they have managed to do it with a little bit of flair and a little bit of style probably speaks to how well Pappas has done there as mm. a coach. Yeah, no, I, I, I do like enjoying... Uh, I enjoy watching uh, the Newcastle go about them things because they, you know there's going to be goals galore. I like the way that they play. They're, they're, I guess they're, they're true to their... Um, I guess football philosophy they play it at all costs whether they concede or whether they don't it's just the way it seems to seems to happen for Arthur Pappas uh, a little bit little bit out of the same mould as I guess Apostacoglu or, or someone like that is that uh, just believe in the processes and it'll, it'll end up coming so um, yeah it'll be interesting to see how they push on out of this season I don't see them making finals, but how they push on out of this season and really kind of leap into the next in, in terms of an upward trajectory. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing what they can do. Um, Tommy, um, you were on night series duty. A big win for Florida Athena over Perth SC on the weekend. Uh, take us through it. It was a really impressive performance from Florida Athena. Surprisingly so, actually. Um I'd, I think it's the second time I'd seen Florida and the, and the second time I'd seen Perth. And I was pretty impressed with what I saw on, on both occasions, both of those teams. But, um, yeah, Fl- Florida are just a very consistent unit. They're, they're a lot of the same players who have been there for a number of years. Your likes of Nick Ambrosio, uh, Jason Saldaris was backing goal, um, Chris Saldaris, Dennis Gallen, um, and a couple of nice additions as well in amongst all that as well. Riley Woodcock's come over from ECU Joondalup and Robert Petkov was absolutely magnificent on the weekend. He provided a real focal point and um, I think he's a player that um, will be potentially at the top of um, well pushing towards the top of the golden boot charts this year if what I saw on the weekend was um, was, was anything to go by um, but essentially it was Petkov who, who got off to a good start it was um, a little bit of nice combination play from McManus and Woodcock down the left the header in from Petkov um, and then Phil Arnold drove in from the edge of the area after 25 minutes and, and Perth had only really shown on the counter attack previously um, that they were capable of doing any damage so um, it was always going to be a hard road for them to come back. They've got a very young team. They're only going to improve as the season wears on. They've got some good youngsters in that side. Um, I, I did like the look at Ethan Banks, who they got from Sorrento's under-20s. I think he's a player to watch this season, um, a player who likes to run with the ball, cut inside, um, and, and try and drive forward um, with real positivity. And, and I think Hassani Sinclair, once he gets used to this system, um, and he improves as well, even though he did miss a penalty and a chance to pull one back late on. So, yeah, look, um, very impressed with Floriot. Um, the third night series they've won in five years, so they do respect the preseason. They do well in it and use it as a launch pad. And for Perth, the fact that they got to a final and beat Sterling on the way probably speaks of a successful campaign for them, even though they disappointed in the final. It was a phenomenal turnaround for Floriot, really, wasn't it? Because they were absolutely smacked by uh, Sterling in that first game. Um, they showed some signs and, and Sterling, you know, just showed no respect to that all and smacked them 7-3. And then um, Sterling seemed to just drop away slightly. They were still very, very good and couldn't couldn't make it through. They did make it through the, the semi and then and then fell away. But uh, Floriot just seemed to be slow and, slow and steady wins a race uh, kind of thing. Yep, and they'll be hoping that they don't... Um 
hit an injury crisis again, as they did in the middle of the year mm. last year. Let's not forget they were 12 games unbeaten um, up until Dean Evans um, did his ACL. Um, and then Manasseh Abendawa and Jawad Rezai went and had trials in Europe. Um, there was a couple of suspensions as well. And I think they lost three or four games um, on the spin or maybe um, lost three or four. And and that was the, the margin for error that they ultimately gave up as Perth got back into the title race and overtook them. So, look, they finished second by a close margin. They got to a top four final. They won a state cup. They had a successful year. Mm. Um, it maybe just wasn't as successful as they thought it would have been given how they started. So, look, I think they'll be right up there again. And Vasvesic is a very good coach. Uh, State League, a big win for Murdoch Murdoch Uni uh, Melville uh, over the top of um, Olympic Kingsway. Yeah, this is a really fun game, actually. Mum FC's first piece of men's silverware. Um, Obviously, they've had a very successful women's team in the last um, couple of seasons. Uh, They've won the league both years. Um, They won the treble last year, the women's team. So um, it's definitely a club going the right direction. And the men, obviously, um, off the back of eight wins in the final 10 league games last season and going up through the playoffs... um, under Tahi Nicolaitis. Um, they've stepped up to the mark in Division 1 this season against the Kingsway team who have recruited really well. The likes of Kieran Byrne, who was last year's top scorer for the Western Knights. Uh, Callum O'Connell, um, whose NPL record speaks for itself. Um, Shane Cassidy as well from, from ECU Joondalup and a couple of other good players um, as well have joined on. Um, including Tyler Garner um, has come back from Bayswater who, who's been selected um, to go and trial as part of the Australia Futsal route. So, obviously, we wish Tyler all the best mm. there as well. Um, Kingsway are going to be a team that are going to be fancied for promotion. So, for, for Mum FC to step up early um, and win a piece of silverware and, and um, perform in that way, do they have enough to do it over 22 games? Um, they've got some very good players. Um, a long, hard season may be difficult for them, uh, but they've sh- certainly shown that they're going to be no easy beat in that division this season as a promoted team. And, um, and there's no reason why they shouldn't be trying to finish, at least in that mid-table position. I'm, I'm pretty confident of that on what I saw at the weekend. Just on the State League, what, any surprises on the cards, do you think, Tommy, this year? I think I think Kingsway are, are going to be the favourites to go up there. Um, Western Knights are obviously a perennial contender. Mm. They're, usually, they're usually a good side um, who are competing towards the top end of the league. Um, the team that I'm very interested in who I've not seen any of so it's very much a, a, a wait and see brief for me as Forest Field I think um, they picked up Richie Abrams uh, who was part of Gwellup's youth team and he then stepped into the senior role um, last season after Trevor Morgan left um, and he's put together a pretty interesting side up there there's some, some veteran guys um who are still there, the likes of Reese Loxley, um, who have been there for a number of years. But they've supplemented that team with some some under-20s from, from, from Perth, and, and in particular Bayswater, who won the Cup double last season, the State Cup and the Top 4 Cup. The, uh, their skipper, actually, from that 20s team, Dean Kazura. Um, I think, um, and, and and a couple of other youngsters as well from, from, from the NPL. So... Um, they're going in a different direction. Um, obviously, Graham Normanson was there um, and departed at the end of last term. So it'll be interesting to see what Forest Field can do this season. But do they have enough to compete with the, with the top teams in the league? Um, I, I'm not so sure. Um, I, I think I think the Kingsway um, and, and the Western Knights would probably be the two. Um, as boring as it would be to say, who are, are the leading contenders. Um, Joondalup, United and Quinns are always going to be sort of pushing into that top half of the league as well. They're never going to make it, um, it easy for anybody either. And I suppose the team that I'm, I'm most intrigued about is is Forest Field mm. as well. But it's going to be a super competitive division this year. Goran Stajic is, is now coaching Subiaco as well. Rockingham have come down from the NPL. Um, I don't know too much about how they've recruited. Um, Mandurah are a team that won the night series last year, um, maybe a little bit below par of what they'd hoped for last season. So it's going to be a super competitive league this year, Blaine. And um, and yeah, definitely one to keep an eye out for. Looking forward to it, mate. Very much looking forward to the NPL, which kicks off oh, and, and the state and, leagues. And, 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 and how can I forget Dianella as well? Sorry. 
who got promoted from Division 2. Absolutely. Um, who've obviously got a very strong side and, and, and have invested as well. I, I completely forgot about that. Um, sorry, uh, sorry, Dinella White Eagles fans out there. Um, yeah, um, obviously, they, they lost one game last season in the league, uh, which was the last game of the season. Uh, that was some on FC. Um, yeah, sorry to Bobby and to, uh, and to Stewie Moses and to all the guys out at Dinella White Eagles. They'll certainly be up there, though, pushing um, that top couple in the Knights and, um, and Kingsway for promotion as well. I think you've just been banned by the club, mate. That's it. No more no more heading down to Dinella. Uh, mate, we're just going to take a quick break and uh, we've got all these questions and, uh, I guess, uh, comments to go through before we wrap up the show. Back soon. If you're as passionate about the A-League as we are, you won't want to miss a second of this season's action. And the easiest, quickest and best way to catch every game from every angle is with the A-League Live app. Simply search A-League Live or Sportsmate in the Apple or Google Play stores. Yeah, welcome back to the Far Post Perth. It is the weekly wrap. Blaine Treadgold and Tommy Dolman with you for the first time in a few weeks. We thought we might just throw it out to uh, a bit of our audience, Tommy, and uh, just see what people are thinking, what people are gauging, I guess. Any questions, any, um, I guess, um, thoughts, whatever it might be. So we said that we might uh, just put a little bit out on the socials. Um, well, what we said is, um, actually, let's, let's go through this. And this is something that's a re- real concerning at the moment. And I did have a little bit of a rant about broadcast times and the broadcast arrangements, the um, Paramount apps not working as well as people would probably like. There's a, there's a fair bit going on in that space at the moment and not a lot of action. And I think that's what's frustrating people at the moment. But I guess another thing, and I know we're coming out of this COVID situation. I know that we're still very much in it in Western Australia. But some of the, I guess, the attendances aren't great. And uh, I'm just going to go through some numbers here. And this is courtesy of Ultimate A-League, who uh, are pretty much on the ball as far as their numbers go, Tommy. And uh, I'm just going to say, that uh, according to the recorded stats, there's been less than half a million people go through the turnstiles at all matches this year. Is that concerning for you? It is and it isn't. Um, I think to to sort of rewind back a little bit, I Mm. think a lot of us were seduced um, a little bit early on by the the Paramount Plus announcement. And the deal with Network Ten, um, I know that we we saw a few uh, um, of the ads pre season, and we were quite excited. Mm. Lane, um, we thought it was something with the free to air component that would be a good thing for the league. Um, again, I've maybe not looked into the numbers um, as deeply as to how that how effective that is, um, but I think there's just been a few things that have irked um, a, a few fans and maybe it comes back to what we were talking about before maybe our expectations were a little bit too high in terms of um, thinking that this was going to be a, a, a great new dawn after the, the sort of later days of, of Fox but I, I think it's a range of things um, I think there's there's an engagement component with it I think there's been a few things that have sort of confused supporters as well and I think you add all of that up together and it creates a little bit of um, not I don't want to say uncertainty but um, like you say we're, we're, we're football fans blame we, we want we're very we have our rituals you know the, mm. the, the, the hardcore supporters have their match day rituals they go to the same pub um, they they go and sit in their seat at the stadium um, and and obviously the, the situation with the sheds obviously out of the glory's hands and that's down to the state government but that that plays a part as well um, but it also pertains to what you're used to having so if we're used to having things like rewind buttons pause buttons on our apps um like our netflix or or like our um our um ko for example other streaming devices are available um then um we're used to that um we're used to our team being on at 7 50 sorry at at 7 p.m every um every saturday night Mm. with the exception of two or three maybe the odd game on a Friday or a game on a Sunday. Um, 
we're very much we, we, we go to the same places to find our, our information I know I, I read a lot of my articles from the same site um, fans going to the keep up site for example um, that may not be their cup of tea they, they might want to see something a little bit more centralized that doesn't have um, various amounts of content so I think it's a number of things and, and also the COVID uncertainty as well Blaine I'm sorry I'm waffling on mm. a little bit here but no, go on. Um, I, I've watched the Big Bash and I've watched the NBL um, and, and those crowds have been pretty low as well. Um, the Australia versus Sri Lanka T20 series was woefully attended mm. um, as well at the, at the very back end of the summer. So I think there is still a little bit of uncertainty around the COVID world as well, as much as we are sort of coming out of it in terms of um, pe- people seem to be engaging a little bit more and getting back into stadiums. I think there is still... A little bit of uncertainty, and and whilst we're not an AFL or an NRL podcast, it'll be interesting to sort of um, test the waters in the coming weeks as to as to what the crowds are like in those codes. Um, because if they're low in those codes, then um, I think it's a I think it's still a a COVID a post COVID world matter as much as it is um, anything else. I just, um, yeah, I mean, this Paramount, I mean, Paramount is a, you know, a very reputable company, tech company, entertainment company known around the world. I mean, you know, the amount of gazillion movies that are made, um, you know, by Paramount. They're also under CBS Viacom, which owns Channel 10, which is also a very reputable entertainment network as well. I feel like we shouldn't be at this stage, though. This in twenty twenty two, for fast forward, rewind, being able to watch on demand, it should almost be a given, though. Surely, Tommy, in this day and age, especially by these reputable companies, I think this is where we're selling ourselves a bit short. Did we not? I, I get a bit worried that we haven't done our due diligence on this in a certain way, shape, or form, and that comes down to the A League owners. Uh, sorry, the uh, the APL, which is the A League club owners, essentially. So there's, uh, you get all these pointing of fingers and everything, but it's up to the clubs now. This is this is their domain. This should all be sorted. And if it wasn't, then why wasn't it? This is what you'd ask you because this is what enhances a product. Um, I, I mean, you heard my rant a little bit about the Keep Up site. It's hugely convoluted. It's hugely complicated to use. We don't need it. We talk about football fans and habits. They're simple habits. We like to go on there and see what Richard Garcia said after a match. We'd like to have a little bit of a look at the highlights for that goal that we were in the going to get beers for the boys for and, and so on and so forth after the match. We don't need stuff from overseas. It's the A-League uh, you know, official site. We, we don't need it. And even if you were going to do it, and we've had this conversation, me and you, before, is why not have that overlap with the NPL or, or grassroots in the same country if you did want to have that as a centralised hub for content? Why not use that and saying, all right, little Tommy who plays for, you know, Perth SC, he's going to be in an article right next door to Bruno Fornaroli who scored a hat-trick on the weekend, for an example. That's how you're going to get more people who follow your Manchester United, as we've talked about before many times. I doubt they're going to give too much interest into what's happening at Perth against Central Coast. They're, they're already rusted onto another team. So, yeah, I don't know. I just I think we need to be further along than what we are. Yeah, and it's interesting. Um, you, you speak about the interfaces and things like that. Um, I, I've seen some screen grabs and I've seen some video clips from um, the MPL TV um, which has been launched lately as well. Um, obviously, a lot of the MPL codes now are falling under um, that bracket, the likes of Football Victoria, Football South Australia, um, various other things as well. And I'm not sure if you've had a chance to go on and have a look at the interface of that, Blaine. Maybe that's some homework for you to do um, this week before we touch base next week. But um, the interface on that on that app is something that um, looks looks good. It looks it looks pretty sharp. It looks pretty easy to use. Um, I, I've not joined an account. I've, I've only seen various clips and various images um, of of the highlights and things that are being put on there, and 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 um, and, and the full match replays and things. Um, and it's yeah, it, like you say, it's 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 
I think I think it's a number of things, um, which is what we're trying to. Um, I think we're just trying to. It's hard. You, you want to try and build that engagement, but I think it's a number of things that are currently um, letting us down. And and I think we were maybe a little bit overly seduced by the initial stage of mm. the um, of, of the Paramount Plus deal when they were the glossy ads on TV and things like that. But look, it's still early. Um, they the APL have had a, a difficult first season. Um, in, in charge, there's no doubt about that. The co- the COVID arrangements, the postponements. Yes, we did have it last year. Yes, they could have been prepared, but there has been some unforeseen things that even we, um, in terms of various border issues and, and rules from governments, that even they don't have full control of. Um, so it's a tough um, opening season for them. Um, I think they are better judged. In next season mm. um, and I don't want that to sound like a cop out but I think it's unfair a little bit like what we were talking about before I think it's a little bit unfair to completely judge um, the way that the APL are going to run the league until we've seen a full normal season of it but um, unfortunately they're, they're going to be behind the eight ball in the eyes of, of a lot of people uh, yeah and they, they really can't afford to be uh, this was supposed to be a new dawn um, and so on and so forth they've, they've got this new money from Silver Lake they've they've uh, you know uh, got the, all the uh, the investment from Paramount uh, now so uh, this is this isn't where they should be based on, on on you know this new takeover I guess or this new unbundling as it's been called Tommy so yeah I think they need to be further along than where they're at and I think this is what uh, people get annoyed with and if you're not as far along as what people th- where you should be let people know because we don't know what we don't know what's going on, and that, that's the same. Uh, it goes for, I guess, uh, football Australia as well. We we very rarely hear about anything that's that's really going on. Um, there's talk about you know the whole football second division, so on and so well, forth. Well, let us know how far along you are. Let us know some talks. Let us know that you're meeting up with the AFC and the APL, and you know something's in motion. Otherwise, just go. Well, well the same old FA's up to it again. We're already cynical. We don't need to be. <laughs> take us away from this cynical mindset because you know we need positivity. Otherwise, we stay cynical. We we do we do blame now. I think I think we were going to look at possibly time for one more question, but we may have just started to, to run out a little bit because of our own faults and our own waffling on on various subject matter. But um, Ben Wall, shout out to you on Twitter, all time glory elevens. We have seen your question, and um, I've not had time to put one together. I know Blaine's had a half go, but I think we'll give the question the time it deserves, and we'll do a little bit of preparation this week and come back to you next week if that's all right. Yep, no, that sounds good, mate. I I did manage to throw something together and I wanted to give it a little bit more time and let Tommy jump on there too. So, no, that's all all farewell and good. Uh, Tommy, thanks very much, mate. We uh, really appreciate you jumping on board and as always, and uh, we'll wrap it up there. And uh, hopefully, hopefully next time we talk, we've got three points in the bag for Perth Glory. Yeah, and hopefully, and hopefully we're not remote either, Blaine. But uh, yeah, we we've got. I think it's gone okay. We'll see how it comes up, but hopefully, uh, it sounds okay for the listeners, and uh, and it's something that we can punch on through if we need to. Yeah, absolutely. We'll. Um, I'll do a bit of uh, magic editing behind the scenes, mate, and get it all. Get your voice all, all nice and shiny by the end of it. Uh, really appreciate everyone for listening. Don't forget to check us out on the socials. That is, of course, uh, the Far Post Perth on Twitter, on Facebook, and of course, you know, on Instagram. And make sure you check out the A-League Live app, all courtesy of Sportsmates. Until next time, enjoy your football.